On this episode of Blending Bourbon, Dixon's on a boat and unable to join us. Fortunately, though, we were blessed with a special guest, Robert Mason from the band Warrant. Blending Bourbon is the podcast that takes you beyond the barrel and behind the scenes of the whiskey industry with master blenders Dixon Dedman and David Mark Young. Welcome to another episode of the Blending Bourbon podcast. My name is obviously not Dixon Dedman. Dixon is out of pocket today. So I will be taking point doing the introduction. Um, Dixon's actually stuck. Um, God awful situation. He's stuck on a boat on vacation. <laughs> um, just kidding. But of course, we're going to razz the heck out of him for not being here today. He did send a picture and he's having an amazing time with family reeling in some big fish. So we'll continue as planned. My name is David Mark Young from Golden Sheaf Whiskey Company, master blender and owner. And we kicked around some ideas today about what to talk about. I could certainly try to fill Dixon's shoes and put on a solo show, but those are some pretty um, hefty shoes to fill. So uh, fortunately, we're blessed with a special guest today, um, someone that I have a lot of respect for, um, gosh, an icon in his universe, which I've had a mere glimpse into. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Robert Mason from the, from the band Warrant. How's it Hi, Robert. <laughs> And the crowd goes, wow. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, start. You're probably not used to an introduction <laughs> where people are just going crazy. And then you break out into your magic. Uh, Great to see you, brother. How are you? I'm really well. How are you? Good to finally talk again. I'm fantastic. Rather than just texting. I know. And we've been exchanging stuff. And all exactly. That. Right. Yeah. Well, you're a busy man, as always, you know, per usual. Uh, yeah, I don't slow down well, I suppose. I mean, I try to, you know, momentarily here and there. Yeah. And then you're like, I get that, oh my God, let's do something. You know, so <laughs> panic, let's go back to work. Yeah, almost a FOMO. Or you get a call and say, something. hey, you have deadline, so tick tock. You know? Gotta go, gotta go, yeah. gotta go. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, no, it looks like you guys, you know, after COVID, I know things were slow, especially in your industry. That was a pretty big, pretty big hit to the entertainment industry, you know, tours and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, we experienced you recovering from that and there was a lot of pivoting and it was interesting to see how, how that universe responded. And, and then eventually, you know, all things were lifted and it was right back to the grind and, and we experienced that too. And so it's good to see you back in your prime element, hundred percent. Well, yeah, I mean the and short, the short version is my job was technically deemed illegal for like 15 months or so. Right. You right. know, you, you hope to gather whatever number, you know, a couple thousand people together or whatever, like in a festival, it's more in a, in a theater, it, it could be a little less in your life. 
go out and make them have fun and they hang out in close proximity and sing together and, you know, fist up in the air and smartphones recording you for YouTube and all of the stuff that live audiences do. And they were like, no, nah, you can't do that. I'm like, why? Well, right. super spreader. I'm like, all right, I've been called a lot of things, but, you know, um, <laughs> sticks and stones. Uh, so, right. yeah, took a, took a break. I've been, it's funny, I've, I started calling it the year and a half without a Santa Claus on the mic. And audiences, okay. see it's like stand up. You know, if I get to in the middle of songs, yeah. I, there are certain points in our live set where I've, where I've got to talk a little more than just, hey, here's the next song kind of thing. Uh, and right. thankfully, audiences are so cool with it. And, you know, I try not to make speeches. Like, it's not like I'm, you know, an activist or anything like that. But, but I do sure. point out certain things during the show. And it's, it still is, I mean, I, I sincerely mean this. It still is really cool to walk back out there and there's a bunch of people and they're, you know, couples and, and grandfathers with their daughter and grandkids, you know, like that sort of thing. And they're at our show and, and you're just like, wow, right. these people are really embracing it. And the post COVID thing, not to dwell on that too long, but the post COVID thing was really cool because people had a voracious appetite for coming out and seeing live music, having been denied right. that very thing. Like anything yeah. else, you know, ooh, we can go to movie theaters again. Oh, I can walk around the mall. Ooh, I can go see a rock concert, you know, I get on an airplane, right. all those things without a mask. Yeah. Without a mask. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't know what you got till it's gone, right? Exactly. So. <laughs> oh, there you that's, go. That's Cinderella, though. I, I was, I was, <laughs> I was demoing some songs, and oh, nice. this is a <laughs> stolen from Tom Kiefer's hand. I'm like, hey, those are purple. Tom Kiefer, I'll trade you one of mine. And I, I, I it, literally right here, demoing songs last night with a Holy Cinderella. Holy shit! Thing. There you go. That's awesome. Oh gosh, that was unscripted. How awesome was that? <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, That's it's real cool. life, folks. Life imitates art. Right, so, right. Yeah, so we're back to it. Uh, you know, we always hover somewhere 50, 60 shows, maybe a little short of that over the past year or two. Uh, but that's back to what it should be or what it has always been tradition. Is that normal? Yeah. And yeah. I'm telling Is you what, normal? crowds are okay. out there in force and they're loud as all get out and you know they're right. enjoying themselves so we couldn't be more happy right well you know i was um i'm grateful to have experienced your live performance and i tell you what there was a there was a uh mindset shift that you know, I, we talked about it a little bit, I think the day after the show or whatever. Um, but I, gosh, I, you know, I, this, this is a whole new, you know, it's a foreign universe to me. So, you know, spending time with you and, and then kind of seeing you go into that, you know, pre-show mindset was, and then come out on stage and perform. And then afterwards, man, I was like, wow, this is, this is the shit. Like, this is the, you know, it doesn't get any more pro grade than this. And I was, it was well, cool. It was I a cool experience to, to actually see behind the scenes like that. Whether it's, I think anybody's serious about their craft in any way, whether it's performance or whatever they do, there's a certain amount of focus that's required. 
you can't just haphazardly yeah. you know tumble onto the stage and do that there's a lot of right. for me it's a lot of forethought or else i wouldn't be feeling good about doing it nor have any of the you know any of that proficiency preparedness and yeah i'm i'm a prep freak when it comes to that i can't just roll out of you know a nap and go do that because it won't work right. the same way and i'm just not built that yeah uh you know i can appreciate me doesn't so, work for so, everybody but right there's a whole lot of so is that it's, it, it it's funny it takes a lot of work to look like i'm having a party you know, and it, yeah. and it is one in a, in, <laughs> yeah. a, in a lot of ways. It really is one. So, and it's fun and it's enjoyable, but there's still a focus. Like I'm up there working, but I'm the MC of a party for all the audience that, right. you know, so I kind of have to be not just singing, but like directing attention around and all the other right. dumb stuff that I, you know, in my own head, I have to do it like my inner monologue is three things at once during a show, not just singing yeah. the words. Right. So that probably Which, doesn't come second nature to, to a lot of people or, or seem like sure. Cause it's a big party for them. It should be a celebration for them. Yeah. They should, it should be a release. It should be a thing where you forget your problems. Right. Right. Yeah. But how, how long have you been doing this? But I'm working. Yeah. Well, yeah. And this is you, this is your brand, so to speak. And this is, this is Robert Mason. So yeah, you're, you're very meticulous about it. I mean, that's very obvious and, and you know, you do a great job of entertaining, but that, you know, that's, that's interesting. This show, this podcast is about behind the scenes of our world. And so it's interesting to dive into the, the mind of Robert Mason and um, hear what's happening. You, th- there's, you make it look easy. First you of all. don't want to be here between these ears, but to 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 understand what's happening, actually, you know, on stage, pre, during, and post, even post post show. I mean, it was. Uh, I I just saw it, it was cool. You know, it was just cool to yeah. to just observe. You know, and I mean, I was just kind of taking in all the things. We're kind of standing off to the side of the stage, and then all of a sudden, I hear this. Hey, you know, and the gate opens up, and there's Robert Mason. You know, Tesla is about to take the stage, and. <laughs> You're like, you come on. It's, it's weird. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, man. It's a, it's an honor to have you on here. Really? <laughs> yeah. Woo, come on. <laughs> I not, I'm, I'm not one of the third person kind of people. I've just never I know. Like, it's, and Typically, it's not against anybody else's use of it. It's just it's something that I never do. So right. it's a little weird. It's like, but it, it always, you know, the reference that I make in my head whenever I hear that, I go back to, what? if you remember the series Californication. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Duchovny was brilliant in that, and, and uh, Tom Kapanos was the writer and creator along with along with him. And there was a series of episodes when Rick Springfield was a guest, okay, cameo, and he would always call him Rick Springfield. It's like you better watch your tone, Rick Springfield. Like always, and they they were like in an interrelated thing with the other pe- other cast members. There was like a, there was an intimate relationship thing going on with a female cast member and him, and it was just, but it was hysterical because. Because Rick got to play, and it a person that's not him, from what I understand, but a very self-important rock star, inflated version of his persona, right, right, and and like to 
on the opposite side of, of David Duchovny's character of not having it, not having him act that way. It was just super funny. So anytime I hear my name more than once or twice like that, I'm like, you better watch your tone, Rick Springfield. Right. <laughs> It's like, yeah, what and if I ever meet Rick yeah. Springfield, I am going to use that. I'm going to say his full name. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll find out his middle name if he's got one every time. There you every go. Every time I say, <laughs> "Well, it was very nice, nice to meet you." You know, whatever. Rick Francis, James, I don't know. If that's up. Right, <laughs> just make it up. <laughs> I'm sorry. So how long have you been? <laughs> oh no, we're just going down an organic path here. Of, I, no, uh, I, I yeah, love the live dialogue. the live show experience. Again, is uh, is really one of the coolest aspects of this i mean you know you start out as a little kid singing church or you're or you sing a song and with the radio and you know and people go oh that sounds good and then you get like a praise for that and very right. very early on in my life that that die was cast right that that was set yeah. like the first time you're whatever two years old and you three years old and you play a very rudimentary thing on the piano and sing to it. You get done and you're like at a family gathering. Everyone goes, Oh, little Bobby, that was beautiful. And you're like, Oh shit. <laughs> Something cool happened. <laughs> Forever. Yeah. I want, can this be a job? You know, like, <laughs> so well, yeah. At what point gratification did that, what, at what point did that, resonate with you uh you know at what age you know was there a two, moment two and a half you know, two and a half you're like i did that i know and i that's I'm real love experience man. like i i did all that stuff but uh i mean even to the degree where in the first grade where everyone would stand up and put their hand on their heart and sing my country tis of thee i played it on the piano that was in the first grade classroom the request, actually the insistence of my first grade teacher. Like I didn't have to sing wow. it, which is the weird yeah. part now because that's what I do for a living. I had to play it on the piano every morning in first wow. grade. Weird. What, what what was it about it? You know, I, I, I describe for me at least, you know, music is it's inspiring. It's it's emotion. And, and you know, if I'm um, running or whatever, if I, you know, I hear certain songs and, yeah. and it, it, it draws an emotion out of me, but what, what, what was it that, I mean, how does it resonate with you? What, what was it that really drew you in to do it I professionally? Had a, I had family bond of long car drives and my dad sang and genetically we sound alike. My brother, my dad and I all have the same similar speaking voices. Uh, so genetically I got that. I was an only child for the first five years and I have very direct specific memories of hanging around the house on Sundays, cleaning the house. Like, you know, with my parents, my parents you know, cleaning day, as you do when you're a nine to five or like my dad was, and my mom was stay at home mom. And my mom was, you know, my teacher playmate and best friend for the first five years of my life. Like I was you know, in the house all day. So, yeah. Uh, when I wasn't wandering around trying to make friends or doing whatever else I was doing early on. Wow. Uh, it was music was in the house and my dad and mom's favorite records got played a lot. And my dad sang, so he would sing to me. My mom could, you know, carry a tune. Okay. And would sing on car drives that I remember favorite songs. So, 
had that just innate, always there. Music was yeah. always there. And then there was a piano in the house or, or a or keyboard, like a church organ, you know, top and bottom church organ kind of thing, dual keyboard thing, Hammond. And I okay. would learn to play that. My dad taught me what chords were. One, three, and five, you know, before I understood the math of it, I heard it. And then I heard him sing harmony mm. to a lead vocal. And I'm like, oh, and then he showed me where that note is. Here's what I'm doing. One, two, three. Here's the major third. This is what this is. And he didn't know a whole lot about music theory. And right. uh, but that, so I had that my entire life, like in the womb, my dad sang to me. It's in your blood. Yeah. So uh, if that's an advantage, if that's a precursor to what's supposed to and believe me, I got sidetracked and music wasn't always my focus and academia and sports and, you know, all the other interests that a kid has. Yeah. Uh, had all that pretty full childhood. Right. In fact, a more like well-rounded childhood than focused. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I may have focused a little too late. Not too late, but you know what I mean? Later in my life in music, in high school and college. Uh, so it was... It was always part of what I was doing. Yeah. Is that the right answer for that question? I mean, yeah. I know I'm going on. It's your on. answer. But I do. Yeah, no. I, I those. If you're asking what the first stuff was, I have those just absolutely detailed memories. Uh, that are ter- they're like little, they're like little movies that you yeah. still have in your head of being like two and going right. to the drive-in with your parents, sitting in the back seat on a, you know, the back seat and the gap between the back seat and the front seat, my dad built this little bench that would fit in there and effectively make the back seat a bed for me. Oh, like wow. it blows, I could fall asleep and they could make out or whatever yeah. they wanted to do, you know, at the movie <laughs> later on. Like they take their, their first, their firstborn son to drive in movies or out yeah. to a restaurant, you know, like the right. drive in, you know, where oh, yeah. you've got car hops and you go, you know, they deliver food to the window. Like I have those memories yep. and the radio was always on. Wow. So, that's cool. Yeah. I imagine. I imagine your memories are always to music. At least in my head, that's what I, that's what I imagine. Well, it's like a touchstone, and have, it's a, that, like a that, theme song for everything. That auditory response, that oral response, is mm-hmm. huge. It's like a sense of yeah. smell can bring back a memory. The song will, and that's the connection yeah. that I've always had to it. Pretty powerful. That's interesting. So you know, I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna dial this back a little bit to back to the bourbon side of things or the whiskey side of things. And, and, you know, that's, I've discovered in, you know, the last couple of years that sense, you know, not just sense of smell, but sense of taste has become an integral part of what I do. And it's, it's interesting because it does it. T- I just had an experience not that long ago. Um, we're getting into cigars. Reason being is, um, you know, I'm not a, not a big cigar person, but we're working on a cigar blend um, whiskey. And so we've been working with some really great cigar folks. And um, it's incredible that universe, it, which it is, it's just very, very detailed and, and, you know, as deep as, if not deeper than the whiskey world. And so th- there's just so much to it. And I get it now, now that I've, you know, peeled back the layers and have a little bit of insight to it. So, uh, but anyway. Um, sampling different cigars, there was a, an experience where we were pairing cigars and whiskey, and all of a sudden, I got a, a waff of a particular cigar, and it took me right back 
to my grandfather's house immediately. It was so vivid, just this experience. And so it was that, that trigger of the smell of that particular cigar. You know, I've smelled plenty of cigars, but that one in particular was, yeah, it just took me right back. And that, you know, and I've, I've realized over the years, I've got this incredible gift, if you will. I mean, to me, it's a gift to, to, to remember smells and tastes. I can't remember names and faces for shit, but, um, but I remember, um, smells and, t- it, and, and they, they associate with experiences, you know, with different things. So it's, it's kind of cool for me to still kind of unraveling that, but also, you know, I wanted to, to visit. So we've got, we, we we've been fortunate enough, Dixon and I, who's, uh, by the way, not here. If anybody hasn't noticed he's he's on a boat, on a boat. he's on a boat <laughs> so continue to press that button throughout this episode on a boat catching fish which is important no it's the family time it's important but he's you know forwent this uh gosh far advanced uh, uh calendar invite schedule to to go fishing and yeah so i hope he caught a lot of fish dixon um but the connection. So we, we, we've been fortunate enough to, to build up a pretty good following. And, um, you know, with the assistance of this great production company, Myrden, uh, does an ama- does an amazing job and actually participated, continue to participate in the show, but, um, just wanted them to kind of, you know, I'm guessing people are kind of like, Oh, awesome. Robert Mason, badass, Warren. Very cool. Wait, what the hell does that have to do with whiskey and bourbon? So let's bring it full circle. Uh, um, a lot of great songs have been written about booze. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but your direct connection. So I'm going to share something here with you. Uh, see if I can you know, this. I'm, I'm a, oh, good Lord. There you go. Oh, we got, got Dixon, Robert. Trying to get that on the rocks thing. Pull it. There you go. Ah, uh, there you go. Oh, oh there you go. Hey, there, there it is. is. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the On The Rocks podcast, uh, complete with Ta-da. complete with six strength. Exactly, the On The Rocks podcast. So a little backstory behind that. So Robert, you're a, you're a whiskey aficionado, right? I've been you known to taste category. a couple, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, mean, I like what I like, like anybody else. I don't claim right. to know a lot. I just have a, a little, little bit of, bit of experience. Right. And there's overlap with, with your universe. And like you said, songs, um, you know, uh, songs about whiskey and, um, but yeah, you know, we, we had had a lot of discussions about various whiskeys and bourbons and that sort of thing. And, um, and at the time Dixon and I had been talking a lot and I know, um, there's one particular moment where you were kind of sharing some, some insight to your world, which is pretty freaking cool. And, you know, name dropping as if it's, you know, it's just normal life to you. The people, the folks that you're on tour with. I know and, that's a weird thing. It feels like name dropping even to me sometimes. It's just what, like, but it is people, you know, like, you know, people I know. You yeah. know people who are, I'm sure you do, that are just, that you've hung out with or done whatever in your work that are absolutely legendary in their field. And I know a lot of musicians. It's just, you know, it's occupational. I name drop Robert Mason all the time. <laughs> All the time. Rick Springfield. He's going to get wind of Rick this. He's going to find yeah. out about this. We're going to have well, him on, the, on the podcast. I'm going to get a nasty Instagram direct message. From yeah. 
So we're having these conversations and, and, and no, not name dropping, but yeah, just sharing your, you know, be, be, being transparent and sharing your world. Hey, yeah. I was with so-and-so and, 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 and I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, gosh, damn, that's cool. And then I, you know, we got off the phone one particular moment and I had to jump to a call with Dixon and Dixon's telling me about, oh, I was just, you know, Jim Rutledge and, you know, he's, he's name dropping, so to speak, not name dropping, <laughs> but that's, that's his world. Right. And so sure. I'm, I'm like kind of between these two universes going, man, these guys are badass. And the, the conversations that we would have, I found very interesting. And I thought, man, people would pay money to hear these conversations. This is just so cool. You know, so I was just honored to, to be a part of, it. you know, just, just hear what's going on and share some time with you and talk. And, um, yeah, man. but yeah, then, yeah. And it just, it kind of evolved into an idea of taking those worlds, combining those worlds. And, you know, we came up with on the rocks you know, play on words. I know I don't have to say that for most people, but on the rocks. And it was, you know, the concept is to, um, you know, combine these two worlds and then just have that interesting organic behind the scenes dialogue with Robert Mason and Dixon Deadman and, you know, David Mark Young to be there just to just to support y'all. So <laughs> and we did. So we pulled that thread and we recorded some episodes and, I, and I'm hoping by the time they by the time Myerton and crew get this uh ready to broadcast this episode that maybe they can incorporate some of that footage some of the the good times that we had um i mean we had you in the studio yeah in uh and you know gosh we did a did the photo shoot at, at proof um whiskey bar had you climbing ladder uh pulling bottles off the high shelves and <laughs> um went out to the Harley dealership. Yeah, it was a good time. But yeah, it was, that was the original plan. And I think pr probably right before we began to broadcast things, that's when, you know, the, 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 the COVID blanket was completely removed and, you know, you guys were back in high gear and called, you know, Hey, just yeah, added man. And it, it just two got, dozen shows to the end of the tour. And, right. It got, it got way too hectic. Uh, and you know, life life comes calling sometimes. Oh yeah, well, and you know, and that and you're just like right. And we were happy to see you back at it full time. You know, granted, we were disappointed because we were without Robert, and uh, we pivoted. You know, we we um, we came up with with the Blending Bourbon podcast, and now we've got. You know, that's our focus. Um, however, we like to incorporate. Um, interesting folks and, and interesting topics. And so welcome back, Robert. This is kind of yeah, your, right. your home away from home. Well, you know, glad to be from my, from the middle of my house and in, in my office recording studio. <laughs> Not yeah. anybody with a computer and, and a few grand can have a pretty kick-ass recording studio nowadays. Uh, and that's what I have, just a little oh, bit yeah. of really good gear and a brand new, really fast computer and a couple of screens, a couple of speakers and a little soundproofing and bada bing, you got a recording studio. Bada bing, nice. <laughs> yeah. How much time do you spend in the recording studio? Endless hours. Uh, 
is the simple wow. simple answer. It's it's really just born of creativity for me. If I can get an idea and have to take it someplace, this is just a demo studio. I keep saying studio. It's a room with some gear in it and a bunch of guitars and amps in the other right. room, and they're all piped in with a you know patching system, so everything's wired together between the walls, and I just keep a lot of stuff wired up. So in one sure. room is guitars and amps and a piano and a bunch of microphones. And then in here nice. are guitars and a bunch of outboard gear and a bunch of virtual stuff inside the inside the Mac. I'm sure to to you it's it's just a room with a bunch of equipment, but I, I would venture to guess that to you know, any any fan or anybody outside of it it, it would be heaven. It's where the magic right? happens. You like you like what I did there? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. You even used air quotes, which, you know. I know. That was for my own benefit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to have a sense of humor here. You know, Dixon brings all that out in this, and so yeah, I just laugh no, and, and pretend I understand everything. Just, but I am, uh, yeah, we're, I'm writing a side project thing that I was, that I was doing a little writing for here and there. But then the warrant thing, it's time for us to uh, to start putting song ideas together and see if we can come up with enough for an album. To be honest with you, that's what we're doing right now. And it's it's months of work in the you know, on the front end for hopefully a reward on the back end, which is a, a record that we could be proud of that ever you know, we can turn on the fans. And people love the the back catalog and I'm happy to do that stuff, mm -hmm. but we're still pretty creative and we get that Jones to do that. So if someone will afford us the yeah. opportunity, it's a smart thing to do. Uh, I was laughing because we were 2019 was the 30th anniversary of the band's first record, the dirty rotten filthy stick and rich record. So you can brand an right. entire year of touring off the 30th anniversary of that. And it's fun and nostalgic and fans like it. And you're like playing all the songs and, you know, then obviously a few others from, from other records but you make it we made it dirty rotten centric with branding and you know all the tour merch and all the staging all that stuff so then uh 2020 the year after that september of 2020 actually was the 30th anniversary of cherry pot that album yeah right so for us in to finish touring in February of 2020 and then in March everything to go boink gone but like sit at home shut down yeah, yeah uh, it yep. was a little odd so we just took a mulligan golfers in the audience but maybe so we decided 2021 <laughs> would be the you know effort we're doing it anyway you know so so when we came back out in the mid mid 2021 we did a full year of that well then 92 is when Doggy Dog came out, the band's third record. So 22 is 30th anniversary of that. So you're like, we sat around at the end of last year and I said, my joke is, guys, we're running out of 30th year album anniversaries to celebrate. <laughs> Let's yeah. just write a new one. Uh, you know, yeah. and everybody kind of at the same that. onset. So I was just on the phone with, yeah. uh, with our bass player, Jerry, earlier today about stuff we did last night. So, you know, it's an ongoing thing and we will be figuring that out. So that's what a, that takes so much of your bandwidth and your brain. 
I'm, uh, I grind my teeth at night to the rhythm or the drum parts that I hear in my head for songs that I'm trying to birth, you know, from, yeah. from nothing. And you sit, sit with the guitar all the time and all that anyway. Wow. Uh, so that's cool. That That's exciting. That's yeah. so any, any idea as to any ballpark time frame as to when something might, might be out. Something uh, new I hate to more. say not just yet, but not just yet. We're, it really yeah. depends upon when we have a batch that we like enough, a batch of songs, you know, you write a whole bunch mm. and then you distill it yeah. down to, you know, Oh, I used one of your terms. Um, uh, <laughs> the ones blend batch still right? you yeah blend you blend the elements until you reach a combination <laughs> that you think is palatable for your audience yes and, sir uh, oh man if it works for us you know then we feel like it's it's the right time i estimate we'll record right. sometime during the winter because we're going along at a pretty decent clip right now so you know We'll I'm see. in tune with I, what you're. I wish I gave more solid dates right saying. now, but it's but it's still, it is still the gestation process. You know, not quite birthing. Yeah. We're just still developing. But that's. I mean, that's exciting. Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally as small. as a consumer, it's exciting. I can only imagine your excitement, your internal enthusiasm. What, what I imagine. Is, is there a favorite part of what you do? I know you, we talked about live music, but putting together, you know, crafting something, your um, new music, is that, where does that rank as far as, um, you know, live, all the things that you get to do, like what's at the top of your list? It's way above travel. Uh, no, it's, 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 <laughs> it's the top couple of things I could possibly ever do. I mean, I love singing the songs that are all, that already exist, and the back catalog of this band is so much fun to do. And and you know, I, I wasn't there for the writing of those songs, but you see the audience embrace them still, and it's so much fun to do them. I'm a fan as well, at heart. So it's right. very rewarding to to turn an audience on to songs they know by heart live, but then. To turn them yeah. on to something new and have them embrace it is the biggest reward. It really is. It's it's really cool. You know, I don't. You always try, but do I have a? I have a pretty pragmatic or realistic uh, expectation of what I think will happen with new songs. It's yeah. really difficult these days to get something exposed. You know, all the old channels of terrestrial radio and all other stuff are, you know, it's it's not that route anymore. Right. But if you turn people yeah. on to a song and they hear it maybe through social media or whatever, and then they come to your gig and they hear it live or they've heard the songs streaming and they want to go buy a physical album or CD, we have those. They're still available for purchase, yeah. although it's not, it's not the only way you get music anymore, but it's still an element and we do meet and greets where we'll sign merch for people and get a little hang time pre or post show, usually pre-show. And yeah. that connection with fans is really valuable and fun. So we still do that too, you know, right. meet and greets and then live shows and being able to, uh, to put merch, you know, physical merch, like if someone holds an album, that's still a magical thing for me. Like yeah. 
I'll be 59 in a month. Wow. I just went to, we were in, where were we? Johnstown, Pennsylvania, east of Pittsburgh, last weekend. And oh, I yeah. went with my right. yep. crew guys. And Stephen, our drummer, went out to, to the reportedly oldest record store in the contiguous United States. In no Johnstown, kidding. PA. Apparently, if his, if his logo doesn't lie, mm. this guy's got the oldest record shop. And there's tons of vintage stuff. And I found an old Humble Pie record that I don't know. Oh, man. And it was in yeah. spectacular shape, the album. Uh, you know, the the uh, the jacket and the gatefold had obviously seen a little, seen some better days. I think this record came out in 1970 or 71. And uh, 70, right. I think. And I wanted it. And it, you know, made it mine, took it home. I still love that. And our now. Albums, you brought it home. If we get to that's design cool. album art, you know, there's nothing like picking up something that's this big, opening up, right. sliding that album. That to me, that's that always is nostalgic and fun. I mean, I might be going on too long about that, but I know there are fans that appreciate it as well. And the art's bigger; it's full size. Absolutely, it's, you can take a sharpie and sign it, and fans are like, you know, super excited about that. So that's really cool. Again, another reward. Well, yeah, that I get to do. It's, Right. And that's cool. Yeah. Record players have come back. I mean, they're, it, it'll, it'd be interesting to see if, um, cassette decks come back or you know, <laughs> VCRs, you know, that kind of stuff. I, so when I was at, at your show in Omaha, I purchased a CD and I forget the, the, the two gentlemen, the, the guys are, were supporting the merch. Um, they, they've kind of got, um, some branding of the of their own. I forget their names. I, um, but anyway, um, I bought a CD and and then realized I don't own a CD player anymore. And <laughs> <laughs> so, but but I have a cool souvenir from the show. So it was it was nice, uh, nice to have. But um, but yeah. So did you bring that record home and play it, or yeah. does that stay in the jacket? Uh, for sure. As, uh, oh, okay. Cool. I came home and. Usually we fly home on Sundays, out on Wednesday or Thursday. You know, the normal is weekend shows, ninety percent of the year. Uh, right. Well, I'll say yeah, whatever, seventy five percent of the year, on average. So if I'm out on a Wednesday or Thursday, I'm home on a Sunday or Monday. So a lot of people have is there's the there used to be a uh, a widely held expression called a Sunday morning, a Saturday night record versus a Sunday morning record because mm -hmm. of a lot of people's you know, social life or whatever. If they go out on Saturday night, you know, they get pumped up for this, but, but Sunday morning, there was like a Sunday album. Uh, my Sunday is either Sunday or if I get home too late, my, my first real day off is Monday. So I have Monday morning records. Sure. And that's what I did. I put it on Monday morning. Listen to both sides. Nice chilled out just got got nostalgic for a little while i mean it's steve Very marriott cool. and peter frampton so yeah. it's, you know, it's uh, greg ridley Jerry shirley but it's like it's that combo people people remember frampton clearly as the most famous guy from that band but the general populace anyway right but i'm always mesmerized sure. by that quartet 
and how cool it is. Yeah. That's cool. You found that record. That's yeah. pretty awesome. Do you remember the name of that store? Uh, I believe it was called the oldest record store in America. Like I'm not well, kidding. That's probably the best name for I that. That's cool. So. Very cool. <laughs> so what's next? What, what do you have? Uh, do you they have anything coming American up this weekend? Express. They don't No, no of course not. <laughs> anyway, a cool mom and pop place, just floors and floors of vinyl. Really, really cool. Okay. I'm sorry. You were saying nice. No, I was asking what what's up next. What what do you, you have anything going on this weekend? Any or do you get a weekend off? What, what couple of shows we're do you have? We're home and I'm up? writing. Uh, honestly, that's nice. Good. Yeah, that's ninety nine percent of my focus. It's uh, it's beautiful but warm here. Get a little sun, get a little relaxation in, and just chill out. Honestly, more than anything else, you know, starts to get Good hot. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. Starts to get hot in the desert in the summer. Yeah, I imagine. So. Myrden, he's behind the scenes, but he just he just told us it's called George's Song Shop. Is that the is that the same place? Oh, uh, it has to be if they advertise themselves as the. I didn't even know George's Song. Well, you Shop. know that yeah. does ring a bell. I just remember Give seeing them. the sign and the awning okay. of it, and the you know in front oh, having my tech. My tech sent me a sent me a uh, midday because they had very little to do, or at least they had a couple hours off. It's a nighttime show. We early loaded. Yeah at a motorcycle event. So once they had everything set and the sound checked, they were like, let's go back to the hotel. And everybody's kind of, you know, and our whole band and crew is like, well, what are you going to do? You can go eat, you can do this. And we had lunch. And then I, I asked my tech, I think he said, you know, oh, is everything cool? We're going to go out for a while. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to relax at the hotel. He said, what are you doing? I'm going to the oldest record shop in the United States. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm coming to that. <laughs> Hi, buddy. Hi. I'm in. I'm in. Oh, you have a guest there. Yeah, <laughs> I was wondering where the dogs were. I hadn't heard That's them. That's Rody. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and he's gone. I'm glad Rody could join yeah. us. This is not he's a starting day. Just had no to make treats. a no treats and quick, It was like <laughs> quick cameo appearance and then and then out. So want to start kind of um, rounding off here toward the end, but I I, I know that. Um, and, and, and get ready to wrap things up. But I know you're doing um, you're doing some TV stuff. I want to hear a little bit about that. Uh, an Access um, TV show. Uh, yeah. Called Top Ten Revealed. I've got a bunch of seasons. Uh, Katie Daryl is an awesome host. Uh, their production team with the producers and everybody involved, they're just such nice people and they come up with really cool topics and it's kind of a Top Ten Countdown show and it's fun. And it's like, the other guests are are cool too, and and it's you know you get to be a little a little witty if you if you choose to be or introspective or funny or you know controversial yep. in what you say, and I like that. And they've like I said that I'm grateful yeah. that they've had me back several times. Uh, I've seen them. Yeah, you look like you have a lot a little, of fun for sure. Done a little film work i have a really good friend who's an actor who's been saying for years i really want to get you in a movie and uh and i've done some really minor cameo you know really uh, mm -hmm. small small uh independent stuff in the past i don't consider myself right. you know anthony hopkins or anything but uh but it's fun if, if i fit a character no. <laughs> and, and somebody wants me you know hardly hardly shooting for an oscar in any but uh Golden sure. Globe SAG Award. 
but you know, I'm in the union and I, I do that. So. I'll bet it's fun. No, I got to, I got to, yeah, I got to pull my friend Billy Blair out of a cab in, uh, in the middle of the night, deep Ellum, Texas in this movie and beat the snot out of him on camera. So it was oh, fun. All okay. For, all for fun. No, what was no actors or animals were hurt in the making of this film. It was, it was all, <laughs> it's all showbiz magic and stuff, but, but it was a blast to do. And that's one where you, and improvise a little, you know, but it, it was a you, fun. I got being a, a scene or two with, uh, with my friend in a film. So I don't know, like a legit yeah. movie. So kind of fun. Right. And you, you were the cab driver, right? You were. Correct. Oh yeah. I was, yeah. I was, and, the, and so, I was the cab driver that got stiffed on the bill and, uh, driving this, uh, right. this guy was not in uh, the best shape around. And I was, uh, <laughs> my motivation was he didn't pay me and I was not having it. Oh, yeah. But also, weren't you playing a Warrant song? Yeah, yeah. On the radio? Uh, they had picked uh, a song from... Uh, oh, there's Rody again. Must be the FedEx there's driver Rody. or something. <laughs> something really important, like a truck. Coming it's out that time of day, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, in a word, where was I? Sorry, I just got an important text. No big deal. Uh, oh, you're good. No, no, just that uh, it was a music man was a song that that we had written for uh, that I think Jerry and oh, I had written. That's for right. The last Warrant record on the Louder, Harder, Faster record. So they wanted to use a song, and the joke part of the joke was I'm driving and I put the song on. You know, the song comes on the radio, and and right. uh, and Billy's character says something disparaging about it, and you know. I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with right. that? I like that song, you know that kind of thing. It was, it was, it was funny. <laughs> like it was the director's song. and writer's idea, and it was kind of cool. I was, I was honored to, you know, to have been given the opportunity to do that, and it's kind of fun. It is fun. That's cool. Yeah. Well, Robert, thank you very much. This thank has you. been, been an fun. honor and a pleasure. It's always great talking with you and doing this. We'll have to get together and uh, share some whiskey again soon. Um, yeah, man. Love to come to another show. Catch you on the road. Yeah, yeah. Let's make it happen. Well, you know. Thank exactly. you. And so, so that that film is called Tonic. Uh, Tonic. It's about a. It's about a uh, mostly about a piano player, jazz piano player, uh, sort of having rough times. And that's my friend Billy Blair, who's the the lead actor. But he's a he's a good dude. There I've known go. him for years, and he's he's really good. Really good people in that movie too. It's really really. And it's being well received, which is the like even to be to have the tiniest little like small small part in that was kind of cool for me. Right. Yeah. A related industry, cool. but different. You know. Yeah. Different toolkit. Wait, when was that? When was that released? Uh, when was Tonic recently, released? Recently, it's going around the festival circuit. It's kind of like a you know like an indie trying okay. to get uh, trying to get traction, and has been. Uh, it's been reviewed very highly. I mean. Oh, it's like 100% Rotten Tomatoes, that kind of stuff, and and it's been making yeah the rounds around the you know some of the festivals in the states and uh, and otherwise well and abroad. Well, anyway, awesome. There you go. Well, congr- congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Tonic. Check it out. Yeah, we'll we'll have to tag it and uh, promote it on here on the podcast. And yeah, uh, man, I always appreciate share that with everybody. It's really cool. Yeah, I've watched I've watched a bunch. It's it's you know you and Dixon are doing really really cool stuff it's uh it's a world i don't know too much about so it's always kind of informative 
when I get to find out things, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I appreciate yeah. it. Love to love to come down and do, we'll do a tasting sometime and maybe uh, uh, between shows and uh, share some whiskey and uh, get back out to some of those whiskey bars. But yeah, uh, yeah thanks. Thank, thanks for taking the time out of your recording, writing schedule and uh, to hang out with, with us here at uh, Blending Bourbon. My pleasure. And as always, brother, it's been, it's been an honor and pleasure and we'll talk soon. I'm sure we'll talk soon. Thanks everybody. Thanks for joining Robert Mason from the front man from the band warrant. Cheers everybody. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe and comment. Cheers. Mm-hmm.